The Electrician Podcast, powered by Schneider Electric. We're bringing you the electrical industry experts you need to hear to discuss the topics you need to know about. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Electrician Podcast, powered by Schneider Electric. I am Harrison Mudge, and I'm joined with my co-host, Nick Bundy. Nick, how are you, mate? I'm all right, mate, yourself? Not bad. All the better for seeing you, buddy. Thanks, mate. (laughs) And today we are joined by Michael Steckler from Tradeify. Michael, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. For anyone that's been a long-time listener of the show, we did have you on a previous episode where you were with Mike Page, and that was the title of that was How Job Management Software Helps the Trade. So I think today, for a bit of a shift, if if anyone wants to sort of get into the the weeds of how the platform can help traders run their business. Definitely go back to that episode, have a listen to that because it was a great listen. But I think today I want to kind of just dig into a bit more about yourself and the business and a bit of future gazing and things like that. But I guess I think one thing that was missing from that episode was a little bit of a sort of a backstory about yourself, Michael, because I know that you, you, you're not the founder of the business, but you came in uh, and became CEO. Can you give us sort of a brief backstory of where you're from and then how you kind of got involved in uh, Tradeify. Yeah, so I've, I've worked sort of in and around software and technology companies for uh, more, more than 20 years now. And I probably going back in 2019, uh, I met Curtis, who founded Tradeify, and I met um, Adam, who was one of the sort of early investors and the chairman of the, the Tradeify board. And we kind of got on really well. And I saw that um, a, a few things excited me about Tradeify. One was it's not very often... You kind of meet businesses that are solving a really big problem for a really big group of people, and it was—I'd describe it as still quite early. I think at that point, and even today, if you talk to you know lots of different trades companies, many won't still have a job management software. So that was that was an interesting challenge for me. So I initially joined the board of directors of Tradeify to sort of help Curtis think that through. And probably about a year into that, Curtis um, himself put his hand up and just said, "Look, I think feel like it's time for a change for him personally and for the business in terms of where it goes," and asked me to step in as. CEO. Um, and for me, it was a no-brainer. It felt like a really good opportunity to really help build a sort of meaningful product that touches, you know, real people doing real work. Uh, yeah, and I jumped in in sort of 2020 to be CEO. Nice. Uh, it, and just from like speaking with Nick and hearing about it as well on different shows, it it and from what I've seen online as well, like it genuinely seems like a pretty much in like an all all singing, all dancing package that is like an extremely helpful tool for people in their arsenal. Just to to mimic that, it's what I found. It's it's a it's a massive piece of software, but a one man one man band like myself can use it, or a big company like it does everything, which is a great way to look at. It. Instead of one software specifically for a small man, or a, you know a five man team or a fifty man team, this has everything. But it's so easy to utilize. Once you literally, I've said to everyone, give yourself five hours to learn the software which over the course of a week is not a lot. But once you've got the, grit, the, the the twist of it, it's so simple. It really is. One of the biggest challenges in the industry, even now, is a lot of people are running their businesses, still writing things down on a piece of paper. As we spoke about in a previous episode, um, you know, job management is a big problem that is hopefully, well, is being solved by something like Tradeify. Michael, when you look at the industry, 
what's your opinion of sort of the current state of it and what are the other sort of bigger challenges in the industry that you can see and potentially that Tradeify can also sort of support and help with? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think cash flow is still, I would still have that as number one. Uh, it's obviously important to every small business, but especially to small business trades, which I think job management software can really help with. It's just getting paid faster, ultimately. So you can manage that friction between paying your staff if you've got staff, paying suppliers, getting money from the end consumer of the product. I mean, that that to me is still really, really critical. And I think we've seen that over the last couple of years with increased supply costs, all those types of things, being able to manage that process um, is probably more important than ever. And, you know, I, I've always shared this stat and it hasn't changed that much. There is an alarming stat of trades businesses that go under and it isn't because they haven't got work. They've actually often got lots of work, but they just haven't run um, that side of the business very well, right? They've got suppliers that haven't managed to pay, they've collected work or they've misquoted for work and supply costs have gone up. There's all that type of stuff that happens. And I think having a clear review in that in job management software can be really useful. So we, we're quite focused on that. So that's one area. Um, the other one is just actually how you manage staff if you do have staff. I think hiring people has got harder. It's harder to find good, qualified people. So if you do find them, you want to keep hold of them. Um, and I think, again, having a better experience in terms of the work that you give them, how you schedule them, all that type of stuff, again, is a thing that's often overlooked, but I think is a really important part of running a good trades business. And probably the final one, I think consumers, you know, when I say, when I refer to consumers, you know, people buy, you know, picking up the phone or going online and trying to find um, a trades company to help them do work. I think their expectation of that interaction has gone up because they're so used to now doing everything on apps and using online devices to sort of support general, whether it's ordering food or their online shopping. Um, so their expectation has gone up. So turning up without sending an electronic quote or email follow-up, those types of things, I think will put many trades businesses potentially in a precarious position and be seen to be not professional in the eyes of their, of their end customers. So I think that's another area that we think... Um, whether it's us or another job management software makes a really big difference. Yeah, I agree with that. With the me sending in digital, you know, email or I download it and send on WhatsApp, depending on people don't do email, compared to if they've had three quotes for rewiring two of them on pen and paper or just letter headed off Word, mine stand out a lot more than other people's because there's still out guys out there doing it and they're getting left behind because they're not grade into the next form, really. Um, so uh, it's it's definitely, it's easier. And as well as I've had it so many times with rewires where they just want to amend something. Oh, you know, I want an extra double socket here. Or I want an extra cap point here. And it takes two minutes just to reopen it on the, the, the software, edit it, resend it out again. And I'm told this time and time again on my videos to be able to see when the customers open the email is so important as a tradesman. And then you need to do with whatever you want to do with that information. You know, you text the next day, you drop another email, you have a phone call, you leave it a couple of days. I think that's a way that we can generate work better after understanding what the customer's done, when they've read it, if they've reopened it, because they're double-checking. That is such a major tool that I think gets overlooked a lot by tradesmen, in my opinion. You know, you said something just a minute ago, Michael, it was really it kind of stood out to me, actually, is customers expect more nowadays. And something that we've experienced at Expert Trades uh, and kind of, you know, we, we, we help them and, and have, taught them how to sort of manage their business in different ways. Like a key thing is like bookkeeping, accounting, logging the cost and expenses of things. That's a key thing. And that is, I think that's a massive takeaway for people that think they're making money by driving two hours for a job they're making maybe 200 quid on, not, not considering the cost of fuel and everything like that. Um, that's a big part of it. But the other thing as well, 
you know, I've speaking from experience, I've tried something like um, I think it was I think it was like rated people or a, a similar platform, post a job, expect some people to come back and and quote for me or, or whatever it might have been. My experience was horrendous and literally no one's no one came back to me. I, I was like, I've got money, take my money, I need this job doing, but no one literally came and no one came back to me to to take the job. And I think that interestingly, we are so used to now having things like Uber, like everything that is at the touch of a button on an app, and we can just get something delivered to the door. We we get the service we expect when we press a button. I just it seems like at the moment there's a there's definitely a gap between quality trades like Nick, for example, we've worked with Nick on a renovation project. Communication is pretty good. Sometimes you have to ring him because he might be late for a podcast one, one or two times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, I think service from the trade side of things is just something that some guys uh, are just not kind of delivering on. And I think whether it's the, the letterhead, whether it's the proper, um, invoice that you're sending over to people whether it's actually answering the phone and getting back to people i think there's a whole component there about actually just like delivering a service to the customer that is kind of often overlooked we always see psychology i don't don't always think that when trades companies are either taking on too much work or not responding it's not actually intentional i think it's often they're just trying to they want to make sure they've got a good flow of work but it sort of builds up over time and that's that's part of the issue and if you are managing that sort of by muscle memory, right? Using a mobile device and trying to remember who you've got a call and you're trying to work on a job and you're on the tools all day. It just becomes a recipe for for disaster. And so someone someone somewhere gets a, a bad experience, but it's not because I think people are intentionally trying to deliver a bad experience. And that's where I think we can um, make a pretty big difference, right? Just trying to move some of that inefficiency, let some of those things, like to Nick's point, when you send out a quote on Tradeify, if someone doesn't you know, respond, They'll get a reminder. The customer will get a reminder a few days later, right? Saying, "Hey, you, have, you know, you haven't accepted or declined this quote." Yeah, that just removes that need to pick up your mobile device, remember the customer's number, remember what the quote was you sent them, try and ring them and chase them up and get hold of them, even which is difficult often. So, yeah, I think that's the um, that's really the big tr- shift that I think we're trying to push into the into the industry. Yeah, that's something you can speak firsthand of as well, isn't it? Like that, like extra level that it just brings to the business that is is almost kind of not even a consideration. It's just part of the service that it offers. Yeah, yeah, it just it helps you. It helps you look in from the customer's point of view. You know, you're being aware of the situation, the way of the quote. You want it to be as best as possible, the best customer service as possible. I I fail on this. I still do every now and then because I get overwhelmed with phone calls or messages or texts. Half this is to do with YouTube because I, the world has my number, unfortunately, and anyone can ring me at any time. So please don't if you're watching this. Um, but uh, yeah, so from going back, you know, five, six years ago when I was pen and paper and it was literally a notepad or a paper invoice in my pocket and I get a phone call and I'd write it on or the back of my hand, go home, forget all about it. And then I get a phone call two weeks later saying, hi, Nick, is it still okay to get a quote if I'm lucky, if they actually still want me to? But nowadays, like you say, you just get your phone out while I'm on the phone, loudspeaker, I have my iPad, type it in notes, customer details. And one of the cool things I had was the integration with um, my website to Tradeify so people can just put all their input, all the customer details in, click, you know, and it goes across to me. And half the hard work's already done. And it's simple that the more things that we can have like that to make our day easier and quicker with trying to get new work in, less hassle, the better it is for everyone because the customer's happy. They've got the details. They can see it all. We've then had it, and it's literally just a conversation to nip around for a quote. And then even when we're doing a quote, we already have their details. It's just filling out what we've just discussed and putting a price on it. 
It's simple. It's simple and effective way to do it rather than the old school way, which failed a lot. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Just uh, going back to sort of trade a fight and maybe like the next sort of 12, 24 months, Michael, what what are some of the priorities for trade a fight next year? Yeah, we... Um... I mean, one of the things you refer to, I think, Tradeify, you know, pre-me, even though Curtis did a really good job of, and Curtis was a, a you know, electrical engineer, so he came from sort of building a product to solve for his own personal problems initially. Um, we still want to make the product even easier to use. So if you're a first-time Tradeify customer, yeah, I think one of the often the biggest friction points that we don't talk enough about in the industry is that actually software can be quite intimidating if you're not using it to run your business today and you're coming into a new tool. So although we think it's easy to use and we pride ourselves on making it as easy as possible, I think some people still struggle with transitioning from what they did before. And then commonly you often get trades that will go back to what they did before because it just feels it just feels easier than trying to learn a new, spend those five hours that Nick referred to earlier, right, trying to new, learn a new tool. So we still want to make it really, really easy. I think we very much build in a very mobile first way. So I think one of the assumptions I've always made about a business um, is that if you're out on a job, you ideally don't want to have to get home, open up a bigger screen, look at the invoice or the quote and say, oh, yeah, it looks great. Now I can send it. You want to be able to do as much of that when you're on the tools as possible. So you just, again, can diminish the amount of time you spend on admin when you do get back home. So making the ability. So, you know, our product is truly cross-platform. You can do everything across, um, you know, mobile and, you know, iPads and desktop in parity. We want to make it even easier to do that when you're actually out on the road and, and on a job. So that's a pretty big focus for us. How we work with supplier costing and work with suppliers, I think, is an area that we want to improve. Um, and so we're doing a, a lot of work around that. Just to just to jump in there, sorry, Michael, what, what is the current, are you guys like connected to suppliers and there's a, like a live price feed or what does that look like at the moment? No, so we, we generally have price lists from the suppliers in there. And it's, it's difficult because every trades company has their own relationship with different, not just one, but with sub, you know many suppliers. And so um, some of those suppliers are the, the bigger companies. Some of those are actually smaller local companies. So it's pretty difficult to sort of have a one size fits all. So we've approached it from having availability of price lists um, for the main players within Tradeify. But there's ways that we think we can get clever about how we ingest that information into Tradeify and make that even easier for, for for our end consumers. What's what's like the the process when you're looking at like new features and things like that? How do you how do you get that feedback loop and test things out and all that? Yeah, we have um, there's sort of three ways. We regularly, if you're a Tradeify customer, you'll very um, occasionally hopefully get a survey from us that asks your feedback and that gives us a score, but also gives us um, any feedback around things that are missing or things that that customers want to see us build. So we sort of create a a list of all of that feedback um, by country and look at you know what what should we build for those customers. Clearly, we have a support and customer success team that talks to customers regularly again, and even our sales team. Any um, information that comes from those customers around products or things that they think are missing, uh, we take that on board. We have a community on Facebook uh, that has quite a few of our customers that again give us real time feedback around things they they think are missing. They're pretty vocal. They're pretty open about what they think is missing. And the other thing we do um, regularly is we talk to people like Nick, obviously, and get feedback from people that we work with on a, on a regular basis. And the other thing we do is we do actually spend time with uh, people in the field. Um, so at the moment in the UK, we've got uh, Jack on our team is actually driving around the UK with uh, trades companies that work with us, seeing how they use the products, seeing their feedback in real time, seeing where the issues are. And we kind of collate all of those reference points um, and then decide on what what do we build, which is often quite challenging, right? So I think for for some of our customers, they'll say, oh, I really want this thing, uh, but they're the only person that's asked for it. And then we might have, you know, another long list of, you know, could be up, you know, hundreds of other things that, that people want us to build. So we're always balancing, trying to fulfill that demand, which is important to us, right? We want to make sure we deliver the product 
that are our, you know our customers want us to build but they're they're the um they're the vehicles we use to decide on what we build next predominantly customer feedback and then of course some level of future gazing around what do we think's next um are there new technologies new tools that can make some of what we do even even easier and how do we deploy those within within tradeify so it's a balance between those two things really yeah, I was uh, I, I was just going to jump on to like what are some of the trends that come into you, but just uh, just to comment again on sort of like product development. So we at Expert Trades we previously had a like a quoting and invoicing um, platform for people, but small team, not enough budget, not enough developers, and the feedback loop we just couldn't we couldn't update and innovate quick enough for the demands of people that just jumping into the uh jumping in and like asking like where's this where's that it's like great but it's going to take about three weeks to implement and like what's the size of the team uh at tradeify to actually work develop implement and test on these things yes the whole company's uh, just over 100 people and um a decent chunk of that is sort of engineers that that build the products and product managers that are thinking about how what do we build and what do we put on the the product roadmap um but but you're right i mean you know if we wanted to build everything that everyone asked us to build uh, you know that would be a huge. That would be a huge team. And some of the things that you know, I think that, you know, what we try and differentiate is some customers want us to build certain things that fit their own personal workflow, but won't necessarily be applicable. You know, if you take electricians as a subset of our customers, wouldn't be applicable for all electricians. And so, um, to a degree, what we're trying to build is the things that we think are applicable to all customers, and we'll we'll save them time and and uh, deliver on the promise of, of what we what we're offering ultimately. Yes. Again, that's interesting because it's like they're trying to bend your platform into their workflow. But unfortunately, sometimes you kind of need to adjust your workflow based on the platform that you're using. Nick, what's the one feature that you you need to pin Michael down for now that you desperately need? <laughs> now that we've got him, I don't know because I don't use it for half of more than half of what is offered. I I don't use the stuff with the um, wholesalers. Because of YouTube, I'm not the average spark, as most people will know. Like, I don't do the same as I used to. Um, but I just like now I can use bits of it. I can just utilize the bits that I want and don't have to do the rest of it, if you know what I mean. You can just pick and choose, take snippets, what work for you and what don't work for you, you don't have to use. And it doesn't affect the, the, the platform. But my biggest thing that I got from it was um, customer database. That was one thing I always failed with in the past. And um, just the scheduling. Like... It, when I first started with you guys, what, Christ, three years ago, maybe? Um, you know, that was a long time ago. And then it turned into notifications and then the tech notifications. And then we got the certs that we could attach to it. Like, it's always building and expanding. And I was going to say about, I think I said in the last podcast we did about the Facebook stuff is, every, like you said, Michael, that everyone's very vocal. It's classic Facebook. Like, everyone puts in and says whatever they think. But it's great because you guys are responding and replying to it and listening and learning. And if there's a little bug somewhere or something that's not happening, uh, say the invoices go down for half an hour, people are vocal, the guys are straight on it, it's then notified, right, we're back up and working. Other companies, to my knowledge, and I'm not saying about other software management companies, but other companies in general take a very long time to rectify things like that. These guys, are, they're on it 24-7, which is nice to see. But what I want to see in it, I, there's nothing I can envision or say that would be more helpful than that's already there. And I'm not trying to blow smoke from what I was at before pen and paper to now and how easy it is like literally getting in the van and clicking just send on the invoice. I can go home and I don't have to do any paperwork. Um, and I can do stuff like this. No problem. Everyone's a winner. But no, it's great. It is good. I think that kind of speaks volumes though. If you've, if you've implemented it into your business, yes, you might not be using the full suite of features, but the fact that it, you're clearly not 
coming across any like simple problems or challenges it's, you've, you've been able to implement it into what you do it sounds like there's nothing that's kind of tripping you up to to get in the way because that's the worst yeah. thing right it, it's it and it was just the setting up process um i wasn't used to using this type of software before so it took me i would say i would say about three hours to go right sweet i've got my logo on it i've got my letterhead in I've got my email address and if there's anything not sure obviously i had you guys just to ring up and go listen how do i do this and it's just, most people do have the live chat but there's that many youtube videos now not from only myself using it and other youtubers but you guys have made your own designated videos to run through the first initial settle process so there's not a lot to go wrong to start with and then it's just using the app for for a little bit to figure out how it works you know what you like what you don't like what you need to use what you don't need to use because like i say you don't need to use everything yeah, we do have we have a people based. What uh, one thing I'll add to that, I mean, Nick makes a good point. We do have a team that are there. I think one thing we realised early on in the business was actually having people that can talk to people, so trades companies can pick up the phone and uh, get help with that onboarding. And you know, we offer that as a free part of the free part of the software. So even if someone's stuck and they're three weeks in, three months into the software, they can pick up the phone actually and speak to someone in in real time, uh, or book an appointment for a longer session to uh, get the training on the product. You know, I have had this as well, where I've obviously promoted it on, on YouTube and everything, and I'll get people ringing me up and go, oh, Nick, how do you do this? Like, please don't, <laughs> please don't ring me. There's other people out there much more uh, intelligent and, and actually work for them. And uh, they're like, all oh, right, yeah, no sound, that's no problem. I was like, don't, don't, don't. It's not on the uh, the YouTube thing, it's saying Tradeify uh, helpline. Electrician and YouTuber, nine to five, customer support, five to nine. Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Michael, um, you mentioned sort of potential trends coming up in the future. Anything on the horizon that you can see being a sort of, I don't know, changing the scene? Anything, any, anything important that you're looking at at the moment that is worth sort of paying attention to? Yeah, I probably would say look, it's a bit of a buzzword talking about AI, but I do think um, what that technology does bring is probably faster, easier ways to kind of ingest or think about information. And so, you know, we're, we're obsessed about how do we make it even easier for a trace company to generate a quote really quickly, send an invoice. Um, you know, Nick's earlier example about taking information from a website, uh, you know, inquiry and putting that into Tradeify, those types of things. I think there are tools and systems that are going to make that even faster for us. And we're spending a lot of time thinking about, you know, how do we use the, the you know, the mobile device to actually make that an even easier process for trades to uh, receive information uh, in a way that's, you know, click of a button, spoken word, whatever that looks like, um, to again, simplify that process. So I think there are things that are happening with technology over the last sort of six months and that will continue that that might afford us um, ways to accelerate some of that stuff. Are you looking into sort of implementing AI, whether it's like in the customer support aspect at the moment, or is it just kind of a, let's keep our eye on it? And um, It's probably more than let's keep our eye on it. I think some of it we will use in things like customer support definitely is an area that I think it can be really useful to get surface answers to questions and things like that more quickly. Uh, to Nick's example of someone coming on YouTube and saying, hey, can you help me with this? Um, you know, that, that, you know, I think we have a lot of information. We have a lot of videos that we're producing. You know, we can accelerate some of that stuff to make it even easier to learn Tradeify if you don't have the time to speak to someone. Um, but there are other there are other sort of technologies that we're looking at to think about how do we make the app itself uh, even faster and quicker and easier to use. Yeah, as a, as a way of just surfacing knowledge, it's it's pretty powerful kind of as is. There's a lot of room for improvement in certain aspects, but just as like a, a source of finding information that's readily available, it's pretty powerful. I know that, um, I don't know what you guys use for customer success, but we used to use Intercom and they've, from my understanding is they've implemented that into their support articles now. It's like a paid add-on that you can have, but if you've got articles on articles of just advice, 
you add that to the chat bot and then the bot is the bot is now more than just enter generic statement and we'll hope to find you the answer it actually can dig in and surface the mental uh, in it yeah you think what's gonna be like in 10 years scary but 10 years i think it was like in in, in two. Oh, true yeah <laughs> true yeah it's, uh, yeah it's uh it's, it's pretty wild um what's your personal vision for the future of tradeify michael uh what, where i'd love us to be is that um any interaction you have with the trades company they're, they're using tradeify from a from a sort of from a selfish point of view i think we'd but you know Personally, I think we get a lot from, I get a lot personally from building a software product that we see real reviews from real people using the product. Um, you know, and I think when you, uh, one of the most gratifying things for me, sometimes if I do have work done at the house and someone turns up and they're using, I'll always ask them, I mean, I'm a bit of a pain line. I say, oh, what job management software are you using? If they're not using one, they'll get a half an hour uh, pitch from me about why they should be using one. But if they are using one, yeah, you know, if it's a competitor, they, you know, there are other companies out there doing it. Then I'm always just intrigued about what they like about it, what they, what's good about the product. But if they're using Tradeify, it's literally, uh, it's the, it's the most amazing money off the feeling. bill. That's a, oh, no worry, mate. It, yeah, I love excellent. it. I just, um, I love that. I love, I still love that. That's what kind of what gets me out of bed in the morning is knowing there's uh, people out there using our products, and it's what makes our motivates our engineers because often you're building software products which you know might be going to different people you never really get feedback or never really see what's happening i think with our product that's probably the biggest motivation but we've still got a long way to go and i think having it as becoming synonymous with trades companies is where i'd love to see trade find the future now i just got a few more questions before we close this off but uh, nick have you got any more questions that you want to ask right now yeah it, you might want to answer you might not um <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a salary question again yeah. isn't it <laughs> really? no because to my knowledge you were one of the first companies to reach out to what would be influencers i hate the word um because i first saw you guys on you might remember dan from dss years ago on youtube i know no luke lord luke my trust i can't remember which one of the two and uh and that's before i had it and i was like god that's tickle my fancy a little bit but to my knowledge out of the big companies now that are all doing it and whatnot you guys were one of the first what what made you lot go into that sort of realm of advertising it's a good question i think it was it was probably a couple of things one thing i think we realized you know we we have people that know the business in our business but we're not on the tools and so we realized pretty on pretty early on that um trades companies find it a lot more authentic and will take something a lot more seriously if it's other trades companies talking about a product. And um, that was just obvious to us. And so I think once we realized there were people out there that could talk about the product um, on our behalf that actually were using the product, so it was genuine, it was authentic, that would be a really, really powerful vehicle. So that was probably the main main driver. Um, and to another degree, the other honest answer is to a certain degree, we're, we're always experimenting with what works as a business. Um, and that was probably one thing at the time that we had a thesis around, right? Which is like, hey, look, there's there's these people out there talking about products and their job and what they do. Um, they should probably be using a job management software. We should connect with them and see if we can do something and work with them. Um, not necessarily even financially, just to see if we can find a way to connect and build a relationship. And that's probably where it started, to be honest. Um, it, it wasn't like we said, oh, there's these other social media influencers out there, you know, selling all sorts of different products. It was probably more authentic than that. It was more just like these are people that are using using on the tools, um, have an authentic voice and should be using Tradeify. So let's have a conversation. And that's probably where it where it went from. Yeah, because it's interesting with the people that I know in and around, just the just the sparking bit and a few plumbers and whatnot, who all I would say all mates and what I mean, except for the plumbers when we speak to them, but they all use it as well. And it, and I I see people seeing it saying, 
oh, everyone's sponsored by it. But all of these people that I speak to and whatnot who are all genuine people like myself who wouldn't be sponsored by something we didn't believe in and wouldn't want our audience buying and wasting their money on stuff like I have done in the past. I, I listened to someone when I first started, bought something, waste of money, and instantly you lose um, the credibility from that person that you watch. And I believe of all the people that I watch, there's about four of the Sparks that use it, a handful of plumbers, a few chippies, and the fact that they're like me and I can see that they're actually using it and they're promoting it well and it's genuine between all of us and we all seem like decent guys that would be honest. That itself just shows something in my eyes where th there's no lying. It's no, it's it's a genuine piece of software that actually works. And if these people are using it, why aren't I? Like that's why it is a good message with it. So I think you've done a good that, yeah, yeah, that's hundred percent. That's hundred percent the, the the reason. And you you, you hit the, the the nail on the head, which is all the people we speak to, none of them would work with us. It's not it, although that yes, there is a financial component, they wouldn't actually do it just for that reason unless no. they were going to use the product, because you're right. I think all of the people that are out there doing this stuff uh, know that with their audience, it's just not authentic. People yeah. would see through that. And to your earlier example, if they were recommending a product that you know wasn't fit for purpose, then their audience would just tank and it, it would backfire. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you, you can ju you can just tell when people are like being honest, right? And you know you're gonna you're gonna run out of bullet points off the back of a packet pretty quick if you actually don't use the the product that you're talking about, whatever it is, right? Whether it's a service or or a tool or anything like that, you know, there's only so much you can blag until people just see right through it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's a, I think that's when um, collaborations are are successful like they are because it's all just it's just genuine, right? Um, yeah. Cool. I'll be respectfully with time, Michael. I've just got a few more questions. Just, just, a, just a few. You said uh, this ten minutes ago, to be honest. But yeah. So, so, hey, there's no real number behind few, is there? <laughs> technically, technically three, but you know, we won't, uh, we won't deal with the semantics. What's one of the biggest challenges you've faced as a CEO at Tradeify, Michael? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Dealing with plumbers. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, I think it's some of the stuff we've talked about, right? Trying to do, trying to move really quickly, I think is always a challenge, and that's the thing. You sort of you're running a business and keeping the products, um, making sure the products, you know, great and works for our current customers, while always trying to think about things in the future and building the right things that current customers feel good about. So I think that friction, because sometimes you build things, people are like, "This is not what I wanted. I wanted you to build these other ten things I've been asking for." So I think we're always wrestling with that that friction. Uh, and then probably I think like all businesses, similar to small business trades, right? People is always a it's a it's a good challenge. But finding great people, um, maintaining a great culture, I think that's always a challenge for 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 businesses like ours. Um, and that's one that you know is can, can motivate, but can also be difficult at times, right? You got to hire the right people. Um, I think we've experienced similar things at trades companies at different points in the last few years, where it was hard to find engineers at different points in time. Um, good engineers, those types of things, and, and it fluctuates by role. But yeah, they're probably the two big things. But sort of fulfilling that customer demand is probably the one that keeps me awake at night the most because I sort of I do read all those comments. And to Nick's point, I read all the Facebook comments that come Don't through do it, and you know Don't i do it. sort of come in and you shouldn't do it but i sort of then come into the office like oh why aren't we doing this thing and then i'll get the you know a, a fairly good and rational explanation about why we're not building that thing right now or here's the list of other things we'd have to forego and so i think we're always wrestling with um how do we think through that stuff yeah nice what's the what's the thing you're most proud of i would pr probably say uh if it's not an externally focused thing i would probably say the team i think what the team have delivered over the last few years in terms of where the product was if you use Tradeify, and we've got customers who have been using this for many, many years, I would hope that if you spoke to them, they would say it's a very different product to where it was historically. So we've invested a lot of time and effort 
um, and money into helping make it a, a better product. And there's still there's still a way to go, right? We're not there yet. Um, but I think for me, seeing real customers use a product and seeing those reviews, you know, on you know whether it's Trustpilot or Google, um, that still makes me feel very proud. Yeah. Talking about having a good team, obviously, I can only talk about one person I speak to, Marta. What a legend she is. And she's the nicest person in the world. I don't know if you ever spoke to Harry. Marta's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lovely person. But I just thought I'd give her a shout out in case she listens to this. Marta, no, I appreciate she will, well, she will listen to it now. <laughs> yeah. No, she's such a nice. I said I spoke to her a couple of years now and we've gone through bits and bobs and, and how we do stuff and how we want stuff being promoted. And she's just. Always down to earth, nice to speak to, and you can tell she's genuine. She wants to do well for the company because obviously it reflects yeah. well on all of us. But no, massive shout out to Marta. Great, no, I appreciate that. Good to hear. Yeah, company company culture is is key. You know, it can if you don't hire the right people, it can. Uh, if you don't hi- if you hire the wrong person, that's not a problem. So long as you, so long as they Deal leave as it. quick as they were. Yeah. yeah, but if you allow if you allow that sort of bad culture to fester, it can it can be poison for a for a company. So yeah, that's a. And it's it's not easy either. Finding the right people and keeping them is 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 a challenge in any business. Uh, last one. What's the, what is the one thing you're most excited about in the future for Tradeify? Oh, that's a great that's a great question. Um, what I'm most excited about probably. I mean, look, if I I would say for me personally, having every tradesperson with a phone in their hand using Tradeify. I think anyone that's building products, that's the the dream. It's where you want to be. Is that you want people using and, and loving your product. I think that's the the key thing. And I would I would add that. I mean, you want a product that people feel great about. So our mission of the company, um, you know, I think we generally always talk about the mission of the company is to it used to be help trades get their lives back, um, which is still the still the case. But we want trades to live a great life. That's the principle of the company, and that's really built on the notion that you know we're in many ways a time saving tool. So if you can save. 10 hours a week, if you speak to many of our customers, that's sort of the number we land on, um, and it varies. Um, that's actually pr- a pretty meaningful impact, and we see the the effects of that. So for me, seeing more trades company have a, a job management software, um, I think would be an amazing achievement. And we're, like, we're not the only one, and there's still room for you know um, lots of us because there's so many trades companies that still don't have a system. And so I think for me, that would be that would be the crowning achievement, actually, every trades company out there with uh, Tradeify on their phone. I echo that like just just to save time with all of us that are parents just to be able to come home and just not have to worry and I'm not doing this as like a cool promotional thing it's real the fact that I can do the stuff at work and I can come home and I don't have to worry about it you know unless a phone call comes in and whatnot like I, I spend hours at the end of the week Thursday Friday or a Saturday whole day Saturday just catching up with paperwork and doing all it doesn't exist anymore and I get to spend that with my kids so, are you li- are you literally coming in through the front door and not having to? I just I literally put my iPad on the side because I've already every time I've left the job ninety nine percent of the time if we're not in a rush and you know I've gone outside I've just clicked call customer send done and I'll wait for it to send and then I'll just put my iPad down and then I'll go and then I'll get a notification from Barclays or or whatever later on saying the, you know they've transferred the money and then they'll text me and I'm like I have to worry about that now like that's it. Yeah, well, if 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 that's not compelling enough for someone that's listening that hasn't already downloaded Tradeify, what are you doing? Check out the link in the description. There'll be there'll be links everywhere to download. And is it like a free trial for this, or is it just jump straight? Yeah, in and- Tradeify is. Uh, we we offer a two week free trial, so just sign up, you get full access to the full products, um, so you can have a good play around. And in that period, if you want to talk to someone to help get training, you can do that as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, sign up today and and have a go. Amazing. Guys, I will not take up any more of your evenings and mornings, depending on where you are in the world. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your time today, Michael. It's been great.
No, it's been great to be on the show and appreciate the uh, appreciate the support. He didn't say it was great for Nick to be on the show, but that's fine. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> You're part of the furniture now. Nick. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think he was about to say, <laughs> about to say weren't you? Harry, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll I'll play the pre-recorded thank you for Nick at the end of this. Thanks for listening. If you are enjoying this show, please leave a review. Hit subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes.